Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Let's Get Fiscal, a money podcast from 7 News. Damien here with you, our network finance editor, Gemma Acton. She's overseas at the moment. I'm about to head over to the United States myself. And before she left, it got us talking about tipping, how common it is overseas, and whether it's going to become more common here in Australia. To help us answer that question, retail, marketing and consumer behaviour expert, Professor Gary Mortimer from QUT joins us from Brisbane. Gary, hello. Good morning, great to chat. All right. Now, for anyone who hasn't been overseas before, the idea of tipping must be a little bit weird. Why is it done? Yeah, listen, I guess ultimately it's, it's um, economic conditions and economic drivers that drive tipping. And you know, if you've been sort of to a, a developing country like Sri Lanka or Morocco or even you know Mexico, where you've got very, very low living standards, you've got a very low living wage, there's heightened levels of poverty or a different class system. Uh, there is this sort of, uh, I guess, necessity to tip for, for workers that are working in fundamentally very menial jobs. We often see see tipping um, in the States as well, the US. And while we look at the US and think this is quite a developed economy, it's actually the the, uh, the minimal li- living wage that has an impact there. So the minimal wage in the US is about $7.50 US or about $10.10 Australian. And we compare that to Australia, it's about $20.30. So... Yeah, the reason we tip is because people are really struggling you know, in those roles, service roles, to sort of make ends meet. Gary, in my observations, um, tipping expectations seem to creep up. I'm just thinking about. I lived in the states for five years, and over that period, uh, when you start, when I when I first went there, taxis gave you the option of ten percent, fifteen percent, or twenty percent automatic tip. And then a few years later, it was 15, 20 or 25%. And I think it's actually gone up again since then. Someone was telling me the other day that the medium option is 25%. Wow. Um, is that, why is that? Is that because uh, workers are having an even tougher time? We're having to make up even more as a, of a shortfall as consumers? Or is it just people being opportunistic? Yeah, listen, I think it's generally related to, to economic conditions uh, and people just simply doing it tough to get by. You think about the, the taxi sector in the in the US, it's no different than here in in, uh, in Australia, where it's been impacted by, you know, companies particularly like Uber. Uh, so, you know, they've lost a lot of their market share to ride-sharing apps and therefore those drivers do need to sort of struggle to make money to survive. Uh, listen, I remember sort of being in the States myself and seeing that sort of obligatory tip, sort of 10 15 uh, so it's surprising to see it's moved to a minimum of 25%. Uh, but it's certainly you know, the higher that tip goes, that the less you are inclined to use that service. We've seen tipping increase in popularity here in Australia. A lot of cafes and restaurants seem to have tip jars at the counter uh, and maybe even have that little spot when you're, when you're leaving. Um, are we expected to leave tips in the service industry here now? 
Yeah, it's really interesting because that, that term expected is is the big operative word there. Um, yeah, when it comes to tipping, it does need to inherently be a voluntary transaction. You need to, uh, I guess, receive the service, make an independent judgment. Was it a great service? Was it a great experience? You know, was it a great meal? And then based on that, make a voluntary decision. The tip jar is really interesting. It's used as a bit of a nudge in many ways. It's, it's a subtle way of saying, hey, listen, you're enjoying a cup of coffee or a, or, or a, or a glass of wine consider making a tip and the other thing we see with the tip jar and maybe your listeners would have uh, you know recounted this is often we see sort of $20 notes or $10 notes inside the chip jar and you think well I'm sure no one's tipped $20 for a cup of coffee but it's also signaling to customers to say this is sort of the the type of tips we're receiving 10 and $20 uh, so therefore maybe that might encourage you to at least tip five or ten. So we are being encouraged, but there was some interesting research last year from Finder, not sure if you saw it, which um, found that 41% of Australians, so more than two in five, refused to tip wait staff after eating at a nice restaurant. Does that say something about us? Are we, are we a nation of uh, uh, people who are pretty inclined to keep the wallet snapped shut? Yeah, listen, Gemma, I think it, I think it relates back to those social norms. Um, so, so, you know, if you've grown up uh, in Australia, you know, mum and dad probably have never tipped. I remember growing up uh, in Adelaide with my parents and my parents never used to tip because people around me didn't tip. My, my friends and family don't tip. So I think it's the social norm that sort of encouraged the tipping. So, yes, 41% say that they don't tip despite having a great experience. That does suggest that probably 61 do tip. Um, but, but certainly it's the social context. I think the other one that drives is also who you're with. So I know if I'm having dinner by myself out, I'm probably less inclined to tip. Uh, but if you're in a, in a business situation where you want to impress somebody, you may be encouraged to tip a little bit more than what you would normally do. Uh, Uber and Uber Eats uh, now have tip prompts inside the app. I think we touched on that earlier. Uh, should we be tipping delivery and rideshare drivers maybe more than uh, in-store bricks and mortar restaurants because they're really coming to you? They're doing a lot more for you. I, I, again, um, Damien, I think it relates to the experience that you've had. And listen, I've, I've used lots of light ride shares as well as taxis. Uh, some some are a great experience, and, and when I get out, I, I do feel um, you know the need to tip after the experience. I think that the the, the default biases in those apps do uh, inherently. Um, prevent you or, or maybe push you away from tipping. So it's almost like um, when, you're, when you're in a supermarket, and you're asked to round up. Um, you know, it's sort of you're, you're being sort of given this sort of option, um, even sometimes before or just after you've provided the star rating with the driver. So I think businesses need to be really careful on how they encourage tipping. It, really does need to be, I guess, a voluntary situation. I think the overarching issue is that if you feel obligated to tip, you're probably going to be less inclined to tip and, and most likely go elsewhere. Uh, Gary, I don't know if you've um, seen anything like this, but is there any research which looks into whether standards slip if tipping is expected? So if people don't feel like they need to work really hard to get a tip, if it's just automatic, uh, as we see in many places in the US, there's less... There's less um, ambition to go out and really wow customers? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you look at Switzerland and particularly Geneva, where we've got an incredibly high level of, um, of employment as well as income, uh, you'll find that tipping is less required because it's less called for. But in countries, listen, I've been in places like Mexico and Morocco where you know, the, the standard of living is very, very low. 
Uh, and, and you can see how hard people work to try to please you. I see a little bit of this in, in Indonesia and Thailand as well. So I think where the living conditions are very low, people are really struggling to make ends meet. There is inherent poverty within the country. People work really, really hard to get a job, even if it's a menial job, uh, and they work really, really hard to please you and therefore seek to be rewarded. I think in countries, you know, I guess like Australia, where we have pretty good living conditions. Um, you know, we're less inclined to, um, I, I guess, push the the envelope when it comes to service because we know we're going to get paid a, a reasonably good minimum wage. Yeah, it's a really good reminder just to, to think about the, the person who's helping you and what, what their home life might be like. Um, you know, anytime we're thinking about how much we give, particularly in countries where our money goes a lot further. I know in the US you tend to tip around um, hairdressers and also accommodation, hotels, that sort of thing. Does that happen here so much? Yeah, uh, not not really. If you think about the areas where we're more likely to tip, certainly, um, you know, rideshare. And when we think about rideshare, these are US built apps, and therefore that idea of tipping is sort of built into those apps to start with. Uh, bars and and uh, restaurants and, and cafes, certainly an area where we see that uh, that that level of service and that ob- not an obligation, but certainly an invitation to tip. But things like a supermarket, we don't tip when we go to Woolworths or Coles. Um, certainly hairdressers and barbers, we don't tip. Um, so, you know, and, and your standard apparel, general merchandise stores, we don't tip. So in the retail formats, we probably don't tip. With um, an, an economic hard times looming, if, if not a recession, are people worried that we're going to pull back on tipping, that it's going to be something that, that uh, we think, gosh, I don't have to spend that little bit extra? Um, I, I don't think I will. Yeah, listen, I think any sort of, uh, I guess, category that is exposed to discretionary spending, we're going to see uh, that spending be curtailed. So we'll shift, I would imagine over the next 12 to 18 months, we will shift more towards, um, I guess, uh, needs. So, you know, food and grocery shopping, putting fuel in the car, paying, you know, our mortgage and our rent, uh, and less to those sort of, you know, those wants, less towards... I, I guess consumer electronics, clothing, footwear, textiles, services. Uh, you know, we might delay the head, the haircut for another week or two. Um, you know, we we probably will stop getting our car washed, getting our our lawns mowed. So the services areas tend to sort of fall away in these tougher times. So if you're working in those sort of service sectors where you know tipping is becoming sort of almost the norm, um, you you would expect to see less of that behaviour moving forward. Uh, one more for you. Uh, American tourists obviously frequent Australia a lot. How do they tend to react when they come here and there's really not that expectation of tipping and what you see is what you get on a price tag? Yeah, listen, I, I think it just goes to show how quite differently, how 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 quite culturally different um, our countries are, the US and and America. Another really good example is getting off a bus or a tram. You know, like when I get off a bus, I always thank the driver. I'm sure your listeners have listened to people thank the driver as they get off the bus. When I'm in the States and I say thanks for for driving, the bus driver tends to look at me quite strange. So, again, (laughs) it's sort of... Yeah, this idea of, you know, where you're doing your job, you're employed as a bus driver. We always thank the bus drivers or the tram drivers as we get off. Uh, In the States, we don't see that. So again, very different cultures. I I tried to tip my hairdresser here in Australia when I first moved back from the US and they got so embarrassed. They're like, no, no, no. (laughs) And and I got embarrassed. It was just a really embarrassing experience. I really wanted to tell them they did a great job, but they just (laughs) would not take my money. So uh, yeah, very different cultures. Bit of a culture shock. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think also people 
in Australia d don't want to receive the extra cash. It's like by giving me extra cash, you're inferring I'm getting paid less than you or maybe I'm a, a lower class than you. So, again, this very, very middle class society we live in. All right. Interesting insights. Gary Mortimer from QUT. Thanks very much. Thank you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now to an Aussie who's been in America for some time, so he can give us the lowdown on all things tipping. 7 News US correspondent David Boywood joins us from LA. Hello, David. Hello, guys. How are we? We're so well. How's LA going? It's good. It's good. It's, um, it's busy. It's flat out. America's crazy as always. I mean, just an absolutely, it's a madhouse, this country, and it just keeps on delivering the stories. And obviously being in LA, lots of tourism, lots of hospitality, lots of tipping to be done. How much of a culture shock was it to start tipping when you arrived there? It's a big culture shock. I mean, as an Australian, you come from a, a community, a, a society that doesn't generally tip as a rule and you come here and it's almost a little bit of a social minefield when you jump into this and you go, go to the restaurant or the pub or the bar for the first time and you've got to figure out very quickly, uh, what is the tip? What's adequate? What do I have to pay? Um, the, the receipts that they give you here, if you've ever been to an American restaurant, they're broken down with all the state and federal taxes as well. So it's quite a complex little thing to get involved in. So it's really something you have to get your head around uh, when you land here in the United States. Well, to help us out, for anyone who is hoping to venture over to the States soon, help us. Um, what are the rules? Is there a standard percentage that applies across the board at most uh, places and for most services? Or is it dependent upon what you're getting done? Yeah, so it is dependent on what is happening and where you are. So say, for instance, you go to the supermarket, you don't have to tip there. But if you're going to a restaurant or a diner or a bar, it is generally accepted that you will tip in that situation. And look, there is no hard and fast rule in the United States when it comes to tipping, but there is a generally accepted amount. And normally that is somewhere between 15 on the very lower end and towards 25 sort of on the average end. So if you're tipping around 20%, on a bill, you're probably in about the right zone there. Um, it is something that is expected in a lot of those places as well. So uh, in the nature of our job, we travel a lot. We're going to a lot of outback American towns um, and you'd be sitting at a diner. And those people that work at those places, they are reliant on the money that they are making through those tips. So you've got to get it right. It's really something that you have to be quite correct with um, because it is people's livelihoods that you're really impacting on. And we've got a lot of sort of tap and go, a lot of credit card here, but I feel like it's a more, there's more cash that floats around there and especially around tipping. Is that true? Yeah, you know, cash is king in the States. Uh, it's really hard to actually find a place where um, you are tap and go, where there is Apple Pay. I mean, my local supermarket, they have signs everywhere that says quite explicitly, no Apple Pay. Oh, wow. But then you go to a lot of these newer, uh, yeah, it's like, it's quite a thing. Like, no, and you can't, you know, you can have all your cards loaded on your phone. I've got all that, but I don't think I've ever used it here in the United States. It's always the card. They always want a pin. There's a real big fraud thing as well, I think that they're fearful of. So, um, 
yeah, so it is cash. You, you, you travel with a lot of cash or you just have your card, but you have to put the pin in or, or sign for it. Um, and But a lot of these newer cafes, uh, they're the ones that are starting to drive um, that more modern, uh, I suppose, Australia was an early adopter when it came to this type of technology. It is slowly catching on here, but it is those younger kind of establishments that are doing it. Yeah, I think we forget sometimes what an advanced banking system we have here in Australia. Like it's natural to complain about the banks and see them as our enemy, but actually the sophistication and uh, the speed and how cheap our banking system is and just the sheer amount of options we have is incredible compared to other places in the world. But let me ask you something different, David. Do you think it affects service levels? Do you think uh, you get treated better as a customer in the US to here? Yeah, and I found that out the hard way when I first arrived here. We went to a little bar here. It's called Barney's Beanery. And it's just a little dive pub here in LA. And uh, went there with some mates and I ordered a beer over the bar. And I just thought no one was coming to me to bring me the beer. I was doing it myself. Uh, I just paid for my drink and walked away. And that was all fine. I went to go get a drink for the second time. Um, and it was really hard to get that bar attention. So <laughs> then that's what happened. Um, did you figure that out? Did you realise you... Did you realize why you were being sidelined? No, I, I just said to my I said, what is going on? What have I done here? Like, if I, what have I done? Did you tip? And I was like, no, but I, you know, I did all the work here. He, he took the lid off a stubby for me. I did all the work. Um, but no, you figure out you've got to tip everywhere, and especially in those situations, in that, that bar hospitality kind of situation. Now, you've travelled a fair bit outside of the US as well, uh, Europe and that sort of thing. How do gratuities compare in those places as to the US? Well, and Jen, you've been you've lived in Europe as well for a, a long time as well. It's kind of, you will tip in a situation where you think perhaps it's deserved or it is warranted, but it's generally not uh, expected by these people in, in most European countries. So if you have a nice meal or you like your waiter and you've had a, a good experience, you'll, you know, you'll throw a little bit extra on top. But here in the United States, it, it's totally different. As I said, it, it is expected. There's been scenarios very well documented of waiters and waitresses actually chasing patrons out of you know, establishments and asking, why didn't you tip? What <laughs> happened here? What was wrong? What was going on? Uh, because the way the system is set up here, uh, these people are reliant on it. Like they are earning really small amounts of money. I think that the, the minimum wage at the moment, I just Googled it before I came on here, actually, it's only around $7 an hour. And if you compare mm. that uh, to Australia mm. where with the conversion, it's around $14 or so. So these people, you know, are really doing it tough in a lot of situations. Yeah, we do already have the second highest minimum wage in the world here in Australia, um, and it's set to go up again today. So it uh, might even turn into the highest. Uh, tell me, David, Let's think about it. You go out to a restaurant, yeah. for example, for dinner here in Australia. You go, you know you're going to pay for what's on the menu. And probably if you're happy, around a 10% tip is is what I'd say is, is pretty standard. If you're going out for a restaurant uh, in LA, you're paying for whatever the price of the food is, plus yep. taxes, plus you said probably on average a 20% tip. Does that make you think twice about going out or does it sort of finish up in the same place? It does because what happens is you might see your meal cost you $25, $30 or whatever for a main or whatever. Um, when the bill actually arrives at your table and then it's had all of those additional taxes added onto it, then you have to add on top of that the tip. It doubles sometimes. So a $30 meal can quickly turn into a $60 meal. Um, so for a lot of people, I think that that would be a massive barrier to wanting to go out. Uh, 
in Australia, it's sort of you get what you see kind of thing. You, you read it off the menu and you get your $30 meal and the bill comes in and it's $30. Uh, here, that's not the situation. It can be quite confusing on that front. So, David, how much do you think this is now ingrained in your in your psyche? When you come back to Australia, <laughs> you're going to be, you know, Big Daddy walking around, splashing, splashing cash everywhere? Making it rain. Yeah, well... Well, the problem is you can't do it with the $1 in Australia <laughs> people with the coins. But um, it is a little bit like you jump in a cab. There's a big thing of keep the change. Um, you go to a restaurant, you'll definitely be looking to, if you've had a good experience with that waitress or waiter, you'll be looking to really make sure that they, they get something out of this as well, that they're, you know, earning out of it as well. It does, it actually it gets right into the culture. And you can see when Americans travel, if you've seen them through Europe and in Australia, it doesn't matter what country you're in. They're known. They're known as generous tippers. Uh, just to wrap things up, uh, we've talked about sort of uh, restaurants and hospitality. Are there any weird sort of obscure places that you're expected to tip that you weren't expecting? Um, no, uh, there probably are. Um, but places where I want to tip but where it's not expected is at the supermarket. So when you go there, the person will scan your item, but then there's someone else who bags um, the items. And these are... Um, people who earn lower than the, you know, <laughs> the average American. And you see these people and you want to tip, but there is actually no mechanism there to actually tip them because by the time they've moved on, they don't accept your cash because that goes through one central point, that being the cashier, the person actually doing the transaction. Um, that is one scenario where you want to tip because um, you think these guys are doing fantastic job I could bag it myself like yeah. it's not that hard to do um, and you would love to be able to do that to, to, to help out in that way Wow you still get bag boys and girls over in the US supermarkets Yeah I remember yeah. once I, I, I took my own suitcases to my bedroom in a hotel because I wanted to I just felt embarrassed that someone else would be carrying them for me when I was perfectly capable of it and everyone got really upset with me I thought it was being nice but actually I was as you say <laughs> like upsetting the whole economic and social structure of the, the hotel it's like that. You start wrecking the ecosystem. So you go out to a restaurant and if you call over a waiter um, and, and that's not their zone, um, they'll actually ignore you because they know that someone else is serving that zone and all the tips in that zone are theirs. Well, quite a minefield. Thank you so much for helping us navigate it. <laughs> if, the, um, Aussie dollar, if the Aussie dollar ever recovers, some of us might make it back to the US. So it's uh, good to have these tips on board when we do. Oh, great. I can't wait to come out with you then. Yeah, I'll, I've got the tip, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, and because we're tight, the only tip we've got for you is to stay safe. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.